1: Guys, this is Talking the Draft Podcast. I'm your host, Connor Livesy. Joined by my co-host tonight, Dalton Miller. We are joined by a very special guest. Is Marlon toy Palutu is on the show today. Uh, excited to have him on USC Defense Attack. What's up, man? How are you?
2: I'm doing well. How are you guys doing?
1: We're hanging in there. I'm in Virginia. Dalton's in Dallas. So we've been dealing with a lot of snow and ice here recently. Uh,
2: <laughs> so
1: I wanted to start. Where, where are you currently training at? What state are you in? What have you been working on?
2: I'm in Arizona right now. I'm training at a... Uh, Exos in Phoenix, so
1: you're staying out. So you don't sun. have
2: to.
3: Yes, you don't have to deal with any of it. <laughs>
2: right, right. I'm in the sun right now, so I'm good. lucky,
3: lucky, <laughs> lucky. Have you spent much time in Arizona in the past, or or how are you
2: liking it out there? I love it. It's, it's basically like just like Cali, so mm-hmm. like basically no difference. So I'm, I'm yeah. really enjoying it.
1: You, you said you were at Exos, right? Yep. Oh, yep. cool. So I know. Um, do, do you do you know when your pro day is? Yeah,
2: it's on the 24th of March.
1: Okay, cool. So So we always ask this question when the combine is actually happening. Obviously the combine is not happening this year. Um, What are you guys kind of working on right now? I know a lot of time is spent on drills, you know, getting to 40 times, right? Getting all that stuff straight. But I know you guys do a lot of positional work. You have defensive coaches in there as well, working on technique, you know, all that stuff. What what have you been spending a lot of your time working on this off season? I know you just got back from the senior bowl. We'll get all into all that later. Um, But as far as training at Exos, what's your kind of game plan been there?
2: Yeah, I mean, basically what you said. Just been training for combine prep. I mean, just trying to get ready, get our our forty times right, our bench press uh, numbers good, and then just working with our position coach. And luckily, we've been having uh, Coach Brandon Jordan. I don't know if you guys know about him, but mm-hmm. he's a he's based out of Houston, but he be coming up and, and and been training us as a defensive line. That's that's been great.
1: I love. I always love asking this question because you have edge rushers on, you have interior guys on who. They're obviously working on handwork. They're working on footwork as pass rushers, as run defenders. Um, what's been the, the coolest thing that you've kind of been working on? And maybe something that you didn't really do a lot at USC that they're kind of teaching you to get ready for the, the drills and then the NFL.
2: Right. So uh, like a, a big thing about me was just like pass rush. So having Coach Brandon Jordan just, like, continuing to help me uh, become a better pass rusher, I felt like that's been has been a lot of help for me, just trying to take the correct steps, uh, uh, using, like, uh, good moves that uh, Coach Brandon Jordan been teaching us. So it's just been a great experience so far.
3: And, and with that, is there something specifically that you really wanted to improve when it comes to your pass rush, or is it just generally?
2: Uh, just in general, but, like, uh, for me personally, just trying to get, like, a – like a, a finesse move down for me. So what we've been learning with the uh, with the uh, coach Jordan was basically like the double hand swipe and the cross chop. So we have just been working on those. That's some that I've been trying to trying to get down uh, to put into my arsenal. So yeah.
1: is there anyone in the NFL that you kind of? I always say model your game, and I know a lot of guys are like, oh, "I don't want to model my game after anybody. I want to be myself." But like, who's the guy you kind of watch, and you're like, "Man, like I see myself playing like him. I can see myself being able to kind of develop into the same player he is. Maybe pass rush moves, stuff like that. Who's somebody you kind of pay attention to and study a lot?
2: Um, There's a, there's like two players that I really try to just watch their game and uh, uh like try to study, and it's Deron Payne out of Washington Football Team, and then Geno from the Bengals.
1: God, I see. I love those answers because you always get like, oh, I want to be like Aaron Donald, you know, right. like, and of course, I'm sure you love Aaron Donald, <laughs> You watch Aaron. but I like Deron Payne was a favorite of mine coming down the draft a few years ago at yeah. Alabama. And a lot of people were like, it's funny you say that. Cause kind of like, so like underrated dude, like people were like, they liked him, but they didn't really talk about him a lot. Now he's just such a stud with Washington. I mean, just how good he is against the run and then the, the pressure he can provide from that interior definitely can see that being a good uh, kind of comparison for you.
2: Right, yeah, that's that's the reason why I, why I watched him like just him uh, in Alabama, just how uh good against the run he was at Alabama and then just seeing his uh, like his uh progression as a passion in the league right. just and stuff. so that's something I'm hopefully trying to do in the future.
3: And I I like that you brought up two kind of different players at the end of the day because Deron Payne a little bit bigger, a little bit, you know, uh, more physical against the run. And then Geno Atkins, obviously one of the best pass rushing three techniques that we've seen in a really long time. Where do you see your role being at the next level? Because we kind of saw you, you know, play a little bit on the outside, a little bit more in, in 2018 and 2019. And then you played a lot shaded off the center in 2020. Um. First of all, what weight were you playing at this year? Um and you know, where do you see yourself playing at the next level?
2: Okay, yeah. So this past season I was playing around uh, I'd always float between 305 and 300 and then just being around that weight. Um like I felt like I was versatile enough to play the 3 tech even though I was mainly positioned right at the nose, but uh wherever uh wherever team uh uh like picks me I'll, I'll be happy to do whatever. Just
3: Is 300 right about, like, where your comfortable weight is, or?
2: Uh, I mean, like, between 300, 310, like, around there. Like, right now, I'm probably, like, 307, 308. So, like, I I still feel uh, comfortable enough to move around and and still be explosive and things like that, so. I
1: really really like that, because – like you play I know when you, you know on the size of USC, like they have you listed, I think you're listed at like six one two or uh six one three, they get you at three oh five, um six three, three oh five. And I think the good thing that, you know, when you tell me you were only playing at around three hundred, like I thought you were probably playing at like 310, 315 Like you play explosive, but you play a lot stronger and a lot bigger than that you know, 300 pounds would suggest, which is obviously good, because if you can hold up against the double teams, you can play. I know you played the nose a ton at USC. So mm-hmm. the ability to play, hold up against the run, eat double teams, stuff like that, it only 300 pounds, that's just going to make your pass rush and explosion even more impressive. So that's awesome.
2: No, yeah, that's why I like watching Geno Atkins, just because I feel like we kind of have the same measurables. Right. And just watching how he plays, like how how much hustle he has in his game, like that's something I try to – I take pride in my game myself. So
1: it's funny because I feel like a lot of fans, I mean, even a lot of just people in general, like analysis in general, like they think like under 315 you're a three tech, and then over three fifteen, you're a nose tackle. And I'm like, dude, there's some really good like guys that play that nose who aren't you know 315 325 pounds like you don't have to be 340 pounds nowadays to to be able to play inside and eat those blocks so yeah I mean like I said it it really turned on your tape in 2020 and 2019 you see a guy like I said that, that plays much bigger than 300 pounds so I, I think that's that's great that you can keep that burst um and then play with that much power at a 300 pound you know 310 pound limit
2: Well, yeah I appreciate it just trying to uh, get my technique obviously I got more stuff to do but I, I think technique is like a big thing
3: so, right. and, kind of off of that technique you know the one thing that I noticed a lot watching your tape was your ability to just uh, dis- dissect and get rid of blocks super early in the process I feel like when I watch a lot of defensive tackles there's they try to, you know, force it late and then they're not able to make plays kind of outside of their frame. I feel like you're, you have some really good range in the short area. Um, is that something that you like really focus on trying to get off of it early? Um, and then with that, what is your favorite way? Uh, because I saw you get rid of blocks in a couple different ways. Is there a a certain go-to that you have for getting rid of blocks in the run game, or is it just kind of feel for the certain play?
2: Right. So it's just, uh, First of all, just whatever my coach at USC was teaching me. So, just trying to play my blocks uh, like the correct way, and then just trying to get off as violent as possible. So, whether that's mm-hmm. an arm over, with some I, I I like to do, and what we were taught at at USC was mainly the arm over or just trying to get off the block with uh, quickness and things like that. Mm-hmm.
1: You you showed a snatch pull a lot at USC too to to get home as a pass rusher, and I, I saw it some at the Senior Bowl as well. Is that something you develop like? later in your career at USC or is it something that you've always kinda of had in your your tool belt?
2: I mean, uh just playing those like always again uh, the double teams off the pass rush. Um that's something that I just try to that I learned from my coaches and just try to uh, develop in my game. Like obviously I have more work to do, but right. just uh yeah that's pretty much what I could do playing uh, mainly like a 2 and things like that. Just always get in the double team. So sure. I, I want to do more moves but just gotta be patient and, yeah.
1: Um, All right. Yeah. Um, So, so obviously you were at the senior bowl here recently. Um, I know that was kind of your first dip into the whole NFL exposure uh, with coaching staffs, agents, you know, scouts, everything. It's probably a whirlwind for you, but um Obviously you had a big week there. I think you did a really great job of answering a lot of the questions, you know, playing multiple, you know, roles, playing three tech, nose tech. You did a lot of different things there. Um, Can you just kind of review that week, you know, take us down the whole week from where it started, how it ended from you, just the progressions you made and some of the things you learned that week.
2: Right. Um, So, man, it was, I thought it was a, it was a solid week just to be able to learn and then just compete against the best uh seniors in the co- in college football so i like, just going in there just trying to show my abilities and then at the same time just what you said like showing things that uh like that i needed to work on like basically with questions i guess and just trying to prove them wrong i guess and then just uh continuing to show like what i what i was capable to do like like being an undersized D-tackle and, and still being able to show my power and my violent hands, like I felt like I, was, I was able to do that throughout the week at uh, at Alabama, at Mobile. So definitely a good experience.
3: On top of that, um, with the meetings with the coaches and stuff like that, meeting with teams, we used to go down every single year. We weren't down this year um, for obvious reasons. With those obvious reasons – you know what was the experience like meeting with teams? Was it all over Zoom? Because like we're used to just seeing coaches grab dudes and take them out to dinner, and that's how they <laughs> get it done. But obviously, that wasn't probably allowed this year. Uh, so, what were the team meetings like? You know, in the off time when you weren't at practice.
2: Yeah, so um, we were uh, in groups. So basically, like each team. So I was on the American team, and then we'd have a, we met with all with thirty one teams because uh, the Rams weren't there. So we met with all with the rest yeah. of the teams, yeah. And then there was like that big, like big, like screening, screening. Uh, that uh, invis- like that uh, seal. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The plastic.
1: The- yeah. Yeah.
2: So like we just took like each uh each player had 15 minutes with each team, just being able to answer questions and, and things like that. And then so we we're all we were able to meet with all uh, with all the teams that were at the senior before.
1: I don't know if you're able to touch on it or dive into it anymore, um, but, like, is there any meetings with those teams that might have stood out as, like, oh, I felt like that went, you know, really good. Like, they seemed to be very interested. Was there any, like, meetings with those scouts or anything that really stood out to you?
2: Uh, yeah. Uh, I thought the, the Colts, the Seahawks went well. Um, the Bears went – I thought that went well. The Bills was good. Like, everyone is actually pretty much asking, like, the same questions, but – right some of those teams like felt like I felt like we had like a good connection
1: cool cool yeah good deal and and again like Dalton said like we're normally there and it's so hectic because we're I think you guys stayed in the same hotel so normally there's like all the team scouts and then there's us who just like are annoying the crap out of people (laughs) while the teams are trying to annoy the crap out of you guys so it's like it's always just so insane like we just sit around the donut table and we're like all right let's go talk to him and him and him We'll go in the film room, watch film, and it's like, it's, I mean, it's cool. The first time you go as like a media member, I mean, obviously as a player, it's completely different, but the first time you go as a media member, you're just like wide-eyed and like, oh my God, this is so cool. But I'm sure it was a lot different this year. Um, obviously, we didn't make it down. We wish we could have, but I'm sure it was a lot different and probably a lot less stressful on you guys because you didn't have idiots like me and Dalton trying to talk to you the whole time. <laughs> Not
2: yeah, for sure, it different. It's like, we have more downtime to just go rest up in the hotel and get treatment, so. It sounds a lot uh, less
3: hectic than what you guys are used to. <laughs> yeah. You know, with that, when do you guys get the playbooks? And then, you know, on the offensive side of the ball, we, we always, you know, kind of talk to them about, you know, what the, the concepts they're going to be running, depending on what the teams are. But it, it's pretty dumbed down defensively, correct? Like there's not blitzing or anything like that. So is it just a, a lot of just solid – you know, technique or were you guys uh, one gapping or two gapping um, for the American team? Did you guys do a little bit of both? Were they trying to look at both, or, or how does that go?
2: All right, so we got our we got our playbooks uh, that Monday, I, I believe Monday or Tuesday, uh, and yeah, we just basically had like a base defense, like no no pressures or anything. Right. So we're all, all just playing like a four man front with a one, uh, on a one gap defense, so like no stunting or nothing. So pretty much just base defense, yeah. Just trying to beat the guy in front of you, pretty much.
3: Yeah, and what's that like with when you're not able to really? Uh, there, there's no uh, diversion. There's no <laughs> no magic to what you're doing defensively. Does it? Do you take a little bit more pride when it's just you know the guy in front of you and you're going, or or do you like uh, to be a little bit deceptive and and run stunts and stuff?
2: I, I mean, like I felt like that was pretty much like what they were trying to do to us, just show us like. Like just here's our base defense and go show us what you can do pretty much. So I think there that's I guess that's probably like probably probably like a test or something. I don't All know. Right. And like probably not trying to hurt the quarterback or anything. So yeah. I think they're just being it, smart.
1: There is a few reps from you, you on uh seven on seven and, and, and or uh, team drills where you could have had a couple of sacks and it's that's yeah. gotta be so hard when you, you get that clean <laughs> shot at a quarterback and you're like, Well, can't hit him so I know, I know watching some of the team drill film, I was like, oh, there's a sack. And it was like, it's always funny to see you guys be like, oh, crap, I can't hit him.
2: <laughs> no, yeah, it's just it's basically like a regular practice at, at school. Right. Trying to keep the quarterback safe and always making smart decisions when you're going against your teammates.
1: Sure, sure. Um, the next question I had, so obviously there is a – I mean, I, I don't know how the players kind of see this, but it's guys who evaluate the draft and, and do a lot of you know analysis on it. The offensive line group this year is fantastic. Tackles, guards, really good centers. And there was a ton of those good top guys in Mobile. Uh, was there any matchups that stood out, you know, from you that you're like, man, that guy can really play like he's going to be a good player in the league. Um, and then the flip side of it, I was going to ask, is there anybody else that was on your squad outside of yourself? where you were like, man, that, that guy, you know, maybe a defensive lineman playing next to you or whatever. Just some people that might have stood out in Mobile that, that really stood out to you as good players.
2: Yeah, um, so on my team, uh, offensively, uh, I thought uh, David Moore from Gremlin State, I thought he was a yeah. pretty good football player. And then obviously on the opposite side, I, I was going against Creed Humphries, uh, yeah. and I thought he was a good fo- football player. And then uh, in general, uh, I mean, Camp Sample did his thing at the senior bowl, so sh- and, uh, on the D-line, uh, like, uh, across uh, next to me. So, like, those are the, the players that pretty much did out for me.
1: For sure, for sure. Well, I wanted to move on, uh, get into your career at USC. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about your recruiting process first. Um, coming out of high school, you were a big-time recruit, uh, had a lot of interest from a lot of schools. I know you originally committed to Washington, being from that area. I'm sure that had a lot to do with it. And then you transitioned to USC. Can you talk about a little bit of your recruiting process, how that all unfolded, and how it went down for you?
2: Yeah, so like you said, I guess I was a big-time recruit, uh, just <laughs> basically from everyone in the Pac-12 pretty much and then, uh, uh, committed to Washington, uh, great school, um, great coaches. Uh, coach P was a great guy. Uh, I felt like I was comfortable with him. Uh, and I was like, felt like I was going to develop under him, uh, and their guys. And then, uh, so, uh, I was raised in California, but went to high school in Oregon. So like just being, being uh, closer to my family and things like that, I, uh, thought it was best to just go back home and, and play for USC. And then, uh, That was also my dream school growing up. So after like a little more thinking, like I just thought USC was probably the best move for me.
3: So did you have any interest in getting outside of the Pac-12? Because I feel like so often guys that grow up on the West Coast really do stay on the West Coast and play for the Pac-12. Did you have any interest in, in, you know, spreading out and and going, you know, to to the SEC or was it always, you know, kind of staying towards home, um, being around family and, and going to, obviously, the, the school that you grew up rooting for?
2: right? Uh, just because I, I I committed pretty early in the process, I, I think I committed, like, my junior year. So, like, I didn't have time to, like, really think about other schools. But if I – probably if I, like, never committed so soon, I, I would have gave, like, schools farther, like, in the SEC or ACC or Big 12, like, more chances. I, I feel like I, I would have gave them a, a much better chance to see if I would fit in with their schools as well.
1: Did you – I know you said that you grew up in California. You know, USC was your dream school. Did you follow a NFL team growing up?
2: Uh, not really. Just following, like, good players, I guess. Right. But ever since the Rams came back to L.A., like, I was a I was a big uh, L.A. Rams fan.
1: Okay, yeah. cool. Be, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They they were the one team that didn't show up to the senior bowl. <laughs>
2: <laughs> nah, yeah. It is what it is. They had their reasons, But, yeah, that was my team growing, uh, since they came to L.A.
1: No, i know we yet. uh i know we talked about it a little bit but obviously you played a lot of like one technique zero tech at usc um playing that big nose tackle role you know when you turn on your tape you see that and obviously we talked about being able hold up against the run being able to play the run really well i think one of the best run defending d- defensive tackles in this class um, but also you did show a lot as a pass rusher i know you said you're kind of working on adding some more moves you know refining some of that technique but you showed like the motor is probably the best motor in this class. And just like the put the push you're able to get, um, as far as with your bull rush and stuff like that, you showed that a ton too. Um, we talked a little bit about being able to play that three, play the one, uh, a lot as well. I know you played the one a lot at USC the, the last few years. Are you more comfortable playing one or the other? Do you think you can, you know, obviously we think you can do both. Where are you kind of seeing yourself fitting in as a transition to the NFL? Uh,
2: like basically, uh, Whatever team uh chooses and, like drafts me or uh, signs me and things like that like I, wherever they want me to play at I'll play at um so like whether that's the one or the three like I love to play both like I can't really <laughs> say like I have a particular favorite but uh like just whatever the team needs pretty much
3: so you know going back to your career at USC a little bit um when it comes to you know you obviously had a couple of injuries in 2017. What was that like to go through and, and feel like, you know, you're getting playing time, you're a freshman, and then having to sit out and you get the red shirt? What was it like, you know, once that red shirt happened? Um, what was your, your, your plans to then? Um, and uh, did you have any surgeries with the back or anything? And uh, what was the injury in general?
2: Yeah, so uh, 2017, like just getting ready to play and all that. Uh, and then like that back injury you said I had, and then I had that, that and that did require surgery. Um, that was definitely something tough that happened in my life. Uh, just being away from football for so long has uh, been the, like the first major injury that I've ever had. So mm-hmm. that was definitely tough. But uh, once once things like unravel and things like that, it was like I understood like that was something I couldn't control. So mm-hmm. it was just trying to just get back as soon as possible. So just rehabbing every day, just trying to get back to my, my usual self and, and uh, hopefully get back to to the playing field.
3: Yeah. And then, you know, after that, you played 12 games in, in 2018 and 2019. You've been able to stay healthy. Um, you obviously were productive, you know, four and a half sacks as a, you know, a redshirt freshman. You know, for a defensive tackle is nothing to scoff at. What is it like? You know, obviously you had Jay Tufele, you know, beside you. What's it like to play, you know, around other NFL talent, you know, right. at the, the, the
2: defensive side of the ball? Yes, uh, shout out to Jay, man. That's my guy right there. But uh, yeah, Jay's like a, a solid player, man. Like we grew up uh, like in high school just getting recruited and all that. So I've known Jay before uh, going to USC and uh, just knowing what type of player uh, he is and what he brings to the table, just of like how powerful and explosive he is. Like, you know, that that just makes you want to go harder yourself. Like it's just motivation. That's what it was for me pretty much. Um, and I felt like we were just trying to get each other better at the end of the day.
3: Yeah. And then, you know, off of that, you know, when was it, when did it really click that like, I'm going to be an NFL player? Is it something that like, you've just always had that confidence? Obviously you've obviously wanted to always be an NFL player, but when did it click that like, this is a reality for me?
2: Yeah. I mean, like, that's always been a goal for, of mine. Uh, growing up as a, as a kid, I always wanted to plan uh one day play in the league, but uh, um, like this past season was probably the, Uh, the season where I like I felt like I had the most confidence uh, to like really I could really like do some like with this football stuff, like being able to take my talents to like the next level, like being able to play in the next level. So and I felt like I I showed like a little bit of that uh, this past season.
1: Was it a certain game, a certain rep, like a like was there like a moment that happened where you're like, okay, like, I know that this is something that's going to, you know, hopefully be my next career, you know, like, or was it just something like you said, you just build up confidence. You had year on top of year and you are like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm building what I want to build. Like this is going to work out.
2: Yeah. So pretty much both, like just having built up confidence from, from the years, like slowly seeing my progression over the seasons. And then uh, this past quarantine, like not having football, like that just made me want to grind harder and, and uh, just helped me, like, uh, I just want to be able to focus on the things that I needed to focus on from previous seasons. So just having that uh, time off to really just focus on myself and get my uh become a better football player. Um, I was able to show that like off the first game too. For so sure. just seeing like that first game against Arizona State, I felt like I had a, a pretty dominant football game against them, and uh, that's where I was like, oh yeah, like this is this is something I could really do.
1: Awesome. Awesome. I always like hearing that. Cause it's, it's always like a game or something like that, like a snap throughout a game that guys are like, that's kind of when it clicked for me. Um, <laughs> and, and that's, that's cool to hear. Uh, Dalton, do you have anything else you want to hit on before we kind of go to the next subject? I don't think so. Cool. All right. So I always love this portion of the interviews more than anything, because, you know, I like learning about you guys without the football helmet on. So like things you like doing outside of football what are, what are your hobbies outside of football? What do you like to do? Do you have anything that you just – you're super invested in um, that you do outside of playing football and training for it?
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, I like just uh, relaxing and hanging out <laughs> with friends and family. And then we'd always go play basketball. Uh, so I had, like, my cousin, uh, uh, Thalanoa, the safety, and then my little brother played with me this past season. So we'd always go play basketball together, and then it'd get super competitive. And then, and then we'd always go uh, – we'd always run boards on – on a, on Call of Duty, so uh,
3: let's go! Now you're speaking yeah. my language, baby.
2: Uh, yeah. So right. I'm a big uh, Warzone fan, and we just be trying to get dubs every day.
3: Mm-hmm. So <laughs> you still you still playing a lot in your free time, or is uh, it kind of slow right down now?
2: Not as much, just because I'm trying to focus on this on this pro day stuff. So, mm-hmm. but once once things like uh, calm down, then I'm gonna start hopping back on for sure.
3: There you go. We're gonna have a new map soon, man. It's gonna be oh, nuts. Yeah. We finally, oh. get out of Verdansk. that's that's awesome to hear i i uh that's how i spend my free time as well i you know my my you know it's watching film but i'm always at my desk because i have my my computer that i'm playing warzone on (laughs) as well player I'm a PC player yeah. now, man. I made the upgrade. It's well worth yeah. it. It's it's the field of view. It's the 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 time to kill. It's it's just it's all better. It's all better. It really <laughs> is. You gotta...
2: Probably a good uh, good Warzone player then. I might need you on the. No, team.
3: No, I'm I'm trash. Um, <laughs> but I'm a good teammate. Uh, so we can do that. I, I'm. Uh, no, I play with a bunch of dudes that really like to frag out and they just run around Superstore, and I would rather okay. take it a little bit slower, you know, work on getting the dub. Because at the end of the day, that's what it's about. It's about winning. Exactly. You go in Superstore yeah. and you die within 35 seconds, that ain't going to happen. <laughs> but, uh, you know, when you're playing basketball, especially, you know, with your cousin and your brother, um, I know from playing basketball and, and football, you know, when I was in high school and, you know, even a little bit, you know, in college, um, the first time I tried to go to college, Um <laughs> it got physical with the football players quite a bit. Are you, do you guys actually play basketball or do you play football on the basketball court?
2: I mean, like, I, I want to say I play actual basketball. You know, I got a little, got a little talent on me when it comes Whoa. to <laughs> but, uh, But, yeah, just playing against my little brother and, then, uh, and my cousin, like, mm-hmm. those, those guys are super competitive. So, like, we never want to lose to each other. And, like, so we just try to try to just go out there and win pretty much.
3: Did you uh did you guys play any other sports in, in high school? Did you play basketball in high school?
2: Uh actually I, I actually wrestled in high school. So, I,
1: yeah, we knew you wrestled. I was getting yeah. ready to get into the whole wrestling thing. Yeah.
2: Right. But uh always played uh outside of wrestling uh when I'd have time, like in the spring or something, I'd always I'd always go play basketball with my, my family and friends for
1: sure. Right. Nice. So how much of wrestling helped your football game? I, I taught, you know, we talked to offensive linemen, a lot of offensive linemen, defense linemen were, were wrestlers. Um, right. And they say that a lot of it does help with just, you know, knee bend and, you know, certain leverage situations. Like how much did wrestling, and I, I hear from what I can read and what I see, like you were a really good wrestler. What, what has that, what impact has that had on your game as an interior defensive lineman?
2: Right. Yeah. So, with me, uh, it helped like more with my hands, like having more violent hands, and then, and then just understanding the body more, like just being able to like torque the body a certain way to my advantage. Uh, that's something I learned from wrestling, and then, uh, and then leverage as well, just like understanding the body. Uh, yeah, just trying to control them and stuff like that, uh,
1: right.
2: and uh, continuing to like try to anchor down and things like that. Um, but yeah, I did wrestling just to help me with football. Oh, so. really. And yeah, so it was a. I thought it was a great investment for sure.
1: Cool. So the only reason you got into wrestling was to help with football.
2: Yeah. If if I didn't know about like wrestling or anything, I'd probably be playing basketball.
1: Really. So, yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. So so did you ever think like? You sound like you're pretty good at basketball too. Did you ever think about pursuing a basketball career in college?
2: I'm I'm big body and too short, <laughs> you know. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I take pride in my defense and rebounding for sure.
1: OK, I like the, okay.
3: that box out game. That's that was my entire game in high school was yeah. defense and, you know, i I'm not as much rebounding because I'm only 5'11", but <laughs> I, I tried to do my best to box out so I could rebound. Right. Um, you know, outside of you know, when you when you're hanging out with your family and friends, you know, obviously you have a lot of talent, you know, physically in the family. Uh, what do you guys do when you're just hanging out? Do you guys do cookouts? Uh, is it, you know, just hanging around? and You know, obviously you guys play Warzone. Uh, what do you guys do as a, a family most of the time?
2: Yeah, so my family was pretty religious growing up. So we'd always be, with, like, be at church and be with my church family. Uh, like, my church family is pretty like pretty much the guys uh, like I grew up with. Mm-hmm. Um, and just being – that's, like, who I'm, like, closely to this day. So just being around my church family, like, We'd always have cookouts and things like that, or like go to the park and have like get uh, gatherings or play volleyball, basketball, and then just just having fun, water balloon fights. Like that's <laughs> that's what I grew yeah. up on, pretty much.
3: There was uh, it. Was one big community growing up for you? It sounds uh, like that's like, that's always nice. That's always yeah. nice.
1: I've I've seen a lot of videos and doing a lot of research, you know, and background stuff. It it seems like you're a really athletic dude for. You know, three hundred pound defensive lineman. Um, do you have any goals set in mind as we're wrapping up? Kind of for your pro day, maybe something you're gonna run, something you're gonna jump. I know you, I, I've seen some pretty impressive uh, box jump videos of you from from your earlier <laughs> days at USC. Uh,
2: man, just trying to just go out there and dominate. Uh, my pro day, pretty much just like just having some uh, putting out good numbers and and just continue to be here at Exos and continuing to get better every day. Um, I don't think I have like a specific goal, but I just want to show uh Scouts that uh my lettuce for short. Sure. Cool. Like, um,
1: yeah. Well cool, Don, you got anything else for we get him out of here?
3: No, let's let's get him out of there so he can uh have a little downtime and, and go back to practice
2: probably or do something like
3: that. <laughs> or, um, I guess it's Sunday. So you have the rest of the day off?
2: Yeah I'm just I'm just hanging out nice. Yeah.
1: Cool. I always like to close with this. It is a question, but it's what I like to close with. So fan bases it's teams, when they draft, uh, when they turn in Mar- Marlon to a Peloto's card, what are they getting in that player?
2: Well, y'all for sure going to get a hard worker, uh, someone with accountability. And then when it comes to the football field, y'all going to see a, a, a grimy football player, a violent, uh, violent football player just gonna, that's uh, able to do the dirty work. So whatever y'all give me, I, I know I can handle it. Awesome. Man,
3: I, I love that you use the term grimy right there. That's, that's, that's what I'm taking from this. Marlon is a grimy football player. <laughs> that's what I want. My D tackles, baby. I thought he I said,
2: gr-
1: did you say grimy or grindy?
2: Grimy. Yeah. Okay. He said grimy. Not, like talking, but on the field for sure. That's something I try to go out there and do every day
1: for sure for sure well cool i appreciate it man this is a great interview uh really really excited kind of watch you watch the pro day obviously see so you develop throughout these next few weeks next few months and then draft days right around the corner so can't wait to see where you end up and thank you so much for coming on
2: no, i appreciate you guys Yeah, have yes, a good sir. you too man too. yeah
1: We want to thank Marlon so much for coming on the show. Uh, we were excited to have him on as he is one of a top, you know, seven or eight defenses. <laughs> There's your dog in the background. Oh, you see her. Yeah. Hi. Hey, Hello. she was like, yep. Marlon is a top seven, to eight defense tackle in this mm-hmm. class. She knows. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's tough because this defensive tackle class isn't great, but I do like a lot of these guys in that second, third round range. And I think that's where he kind of fits in really well. Um, Obviously, you you see him, you pick him up a lot when you're watching his teammate Jay. So he's a lot of fun. Uh, He could play. He's probably better suited for that three tech role, a guy who's going to be a strong run defender in that three tech role who can also provide some pass rush in that one gapping scheme. um, Which, as we know as Cowboys fans, that makes a lot of sense here. Especially
3: and it makes sense, especially because the Cowboys are going to be running a a one gapping gap control scheme. And with the gap control, that means that instead of really trying to get upfield and and finding, you know, those 280 pound three techniques, the 300 to 305 pound three techniques that can hold up against the run. that's where, you know, Marlon's going to fit in really well if he ends up being
1: a cowboy. And. You know, the thing with the defensive tackles currently on the roster is they're kind of their three techniques who they can, like, they're trying to play the one with Neville Gallimore and Tristan Hill, Um, and I think with Marlon, you would have a guy who's probably a one technique that can also play the three, and I think if that's the route they go, where they don't go the Aline McNeil, who's just a pure one tech or like something like that, a guy like Marlon Tupolotu is like a perfect fit, so... You know, I think he's a great fit for Dallas. Obviously a great fit for any 4-3 team looking for a guy who can play some versatile roles uh, in that defense. But uh, we talked about his athleticism. Uh, We talked about the power he possesses, the leverage he plays with to eat those double teams and and really be a really – I mean, again, outside, you know, I think Ali McNeil's a really strong run defender, but Marlon uh, might be the next best run defender at that three-technique role. Um, So – So I have a question for you about that. Like, do you like him or Jay more? It's funny because I almost tweeted this the other day. I was like, because it seems consensus on the internet. It does, right? And I don't know that I'm that same way. Like, they're super close for me.
3: Well, and it's interesting because I think that they play really similarly overall. I think Jay might be a little bit more finesse, and I think that's why a lot of people like that because you see him getting yep. off the of blocks and making you know plays you know outside of the, of the tackle box, you know one right. two yards down the field. I, I think overall, like on a play to play basis, man, Marlin is really really good at just doing his job. His motor um, holding is holding up, and and his motor is very very nice. So I mean, I I do I like both of them
1: kind of in that same same yep. vein. Yep, yep, I agree with everything you just said, and and again his. He's at. He's more athletic than I think he gets credit for because he played that nose tackle role and like yeah. did a lot of the dirty work. Um, so I think if he played in more of Jay's role, you might have the opinions on him flipped possibly um but again that's i think that shows a lot that he was able to kind of slide in do a lot of that dirty work from that zero and one technique spot um but yeah we're excited to have him on again anytime we can get these guys on especially guys that we think the cowboys should be interested in we uh we enjoy having them on because we know a lot of the the people listening to this are cowboys fans and interested Uh, and the prospects that the Cowboys should and could be interested in. So thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure you subscribe to the Blogging the Boys podcast feed on whatever podcast platform you're using. Uh, Make sure you give a good review. Give us a like. And then make sure you subscribe because that's the only way you're going to make sure you get these podcasts anytime they're uploaded. So... We have a lot of guys already in the books and we have a lot more coming up. So we will uh, have podcasts coming out every Wednesday and Sunday. Make sure you tune in, check them out and let us know what you think. Thank you guys so much for listening. We are talking the draft.